some of you look really, really nice out there. I haven't seen you so well dressed in a long time. Maybe a year, yeah. Yeah, maybe a year. Are you happy to be here? Good. You'd be in trouble if you wasn't. Um, this is a sermon that I got the title for about six weeks ago. And I wrote it. I wrote it. This is, I wrote it uh, the, for the last time. I write sermons sometimes many, many times. But for the last time, about 3 o'clock Saturday morning, I was awakened and, and told to cut it down more. And it, it changed, it turned. The title stayed the same. One of the main principles stayed the same. And it's a challenging, another challenging sermon, but it's about, it's called The Other Side, or The Other Side of the Cross. And I've got a couple videos I want to show you, and I just want you to, to sit back. This is our day, amen? This is the, this is the, the church's day. This is what makes us alive. This is what gives us our power. The whole world has to take notice. There's another side of the cross. We have the front side, which nobody can really deny that Jesus lived and, and was put on a cross. That's, that's, that's written down in history as well as his as well as his resurrection is written down in history. And many people will look at the front side of the cross and they'll say, well, okay, I can believe that, but I just can't believe maybe he's the son of God. And they don't ever want to, they don't want to go past the cross. And there's many people that will go to the cross and they'll ask, actually kneel before the cross, they'll fall down before the cross, but they never seem to stand up and walk. They never seem to understand that there is another side of that cross. And it's as you get across to the other side of that, you come to an empty tomb. And we're invited to look in. We're invited to look in with our hearts from the words and the facts from eyewitnesses that lived at the time. In today's courts, those eyewitnesses would be credible. And they would hold highly esteem in a court of law today. And not just one or two saw Jesus after his death. Hundreds saw him. Yet people will still say, no, that didn't happen. So they make out all these people to be a liar. And that's their choice. That's your choice. But it doesn't have to be. If you come face to face with the cross, and you'll bow down and ask for forgiveness with those sins, and you mean it with your heart, you'll stand up and you'll walk to the other side. And life begins. Amen? That's when it begins. You got to get up and walk. Every time Jesus healed somebody, he would say, stand out every time. But he would always say, stand up and what? Walk. And he heals us from our sins. And he's still saying, stand up and walk. Come to the other side. Look in the empty tomb. Believe the facts that are written down for you to see. Believe them with faith. And eternity awaits. I'd like for you just for a minute to give you a story of 
of the night, Friday, Good Friday, of that afternoon, as God the Father in heaven knew exactly what he had planned to take place and exactly what would take place. And for one moment in all of eternity, he was held helpless. As he looked down upon his son and his son cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? The father had to turn his back. He could not help his son. He was helpless for the first time. Helpless. You know what he was helpless by? Love. Love for his creation held him captive where he could not protect a precious son of his. He had to decide right then, can I send a legion of angels or shall I let this process take place? And because he loved you and me, he allowed it to take, take place. The world can mock at it. They mocked at it then. They didn't believe it then when it was right in front of their eyes. And many people still don't believe it. Some of you sitting here don't believe it. But today when the sermon is done, you're going to have to answer a question. I've got a video I want to show you, and it's just to get us started. I'm not going to preach to you too long today. A video that come out of the movie Risen. It's a wonderful movie. And it's to set your heart that there is something beyond the cross that we are to seek out. You ready, John? Buddy, turn these lights down a little more up here, or Donna. I serve the Roman Empire. I fought wars against those who did not believe in our gods. He was very special with fanatics. What was his name? He was called Yeshua. The man's dead. His followers are in hiding. He's been a threat. Take control out there and finish things. The tomb is sealed. Guard it with your life. If this body vanishes, we have a potential messiah. Where has he gone? You tell me. Track down the corpse of Yeshua. What happened to the Nazarene? He's right here. Open your heart and see. He's risen. Amen? Amen. There's a wonderful movie about it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you, Father, we ask for hearts to open, for minds to be set aside, for love to conquer, and for your grace to overwhelm us. We thank you. 
the cross. But Lord, we thank you for the empty tomb. It's in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. This first principle I want to give you. Ready, John? It's not on my screen. like this, and y'all, you're all reading it right now. It says, what shall humanity do with the man who refused to stay dead? What, what, sh what shall you do with it? I mean, wh what has humanity done with this God-man that refused to stay dead? You know, the things we, we can read about in his word and the things that we witness today are pretty close to the, the same thing, the way we believe and the way we think. People choose to believe, people choose not to believe. People saw it with their own eyes at that time, and they still refused to believe. They mocked him, even when they know, even when they knew the truth. They still, they're so blinded by hate, they're so blinded by darkness, so blinded by pride. Some of the men, the Pharisees and Sadducees, was at the cross, they witnessed it, and they knew the body was gone, and they knew it wasn't stolen, yet they still refused to believe what was right in front of their eyes because their hearts were so dark to truth. And today, 2,000 plus years later, the world still struggles with it. They still can't understand what to do with a man that won't stay dead. You know how many people have died and came back alive? One one like this, only one. If your mindset is on what you believe to be true about the risen Savior, would Jesus agree? Would Jesus agree with your mindset? I hear so many things, so many people want to tell me what this word says, but yet it's not in here. They have made it up in their own mind what they desire to hear. And if it's not in here, it is from you and something else. If it's not from God, it's from something else. Amen? If your mindset is on what you believe to be true about the risen Savior, would Jesus agree? One of the deepest, darkest things that, that, I, that I deal with, and you're not going to believe it when I tell you, and I hear it over and over and over again. Now, in my mind, I'm looking at a, at a, at a Lord and Savior that died on a cross with humility and great pain and a father that had to turn his back on a loving son, a precious son with no sin for the creation he loved. That's what my mind is thinking. That's what my mind is filtering. And I see the power of that door just being blown away off that tomb and a living Lord comes out and saves me and can raise me up from the dead. That's what my mindset is. But yet I hear one thing and it is, it is something that is so unbelievable and it strikes me deep when I hear it. I've got to sleep on Sundays. I've, I, that's my day to sleep. Do you know that's one of the number one excuses I hear anymore? And I look at them and I say, you are in so much trouble that you're going to tell me with my mindset of what is going on in the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did, what he, what he went through, 
and what he's done in my life, you're going to tell me you can't get out of bed by 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Go tell that to Jesus. Deal with that one, will you? But yet that is an excuse that is overwhelming today because people do not believe. You cannot believe this, even though you say you believe it, and tell me that you've got to sleep in. It doesn't work because you don't believe the Lord I know. Amen? If you can't get out of bed to come to church, then you don't know my risen Savior. You don't know the cross. You haven't a glimpse of it in your heart. And you're mocking the God of creation. How do people get up and sing with such beautiful voices? And not just sing, sing it with their heart. I mean, you've heard it, sing it like they mean it. How do people change from, from one direction in life and completely change into another direction? Because they came at the foot of the cross, they left it there, they got up and walked, and they went and looked in the empty tomb and saw it empty and made a conscious decision that this is true. Not an emotion, not a feeling, but a fact that you must deal with, or not. Humanity has a love problem. Everybody agree with that? Humanity has a love problem. And it's always been there. You can see somebody on the side of the road and choose to let them go by, or just go by and just leave them there. I see things sometimes and knew a preacher that dressed up in old clothes and was in a big church and decided to go around some of the places his church so his congregation could see him. They didn't even know who he was and his congregation just walked on by. And then he went in and preached the house down because their love didn't match the way they live or something like that. People... If Christ is in your life and you believe what the Word of God says, you're going to love people enough to stop, aren't you? We need to stop and help people more. Every one of you in your daily lives, you can stop and help people more. Encourage them. Love them. Pick them up. No matter who they are, no matter what they look like to you. Encourage this world. Humanity has a love problem, but... Our risen Savior does not. And if our risen Savior is in us, then we do not have a love problem. Go ahead, please. First John 2, 15 and 17, I'm going to show you this side of the cross, what we need to leave. And all of you know this. I'm not going to tell you anything new. There's nothing new under the sun. And it says here, do not love the world or the things in the world. See, that, that's this area of our life where where we're so involved with our stuff and our, our material gain that, that we have fallen so much in love with it that we can't let loose of it, we can't let go of it. On no, no way we're going to let go of it. We love it too much. You know what you know would really be nice in my heart? If I could let go of more. Let go of it. You know what I know? There's not one ounce of anything I own that's going to heaven. Amen? Nothing that I own is going to heaven. Nothing. Not, not the clothes they bury me in. They're not going. Nothing. 
Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Is that, is that, is that, everybody say, I got that one. Do you have, let's read again. Do not love the world or the things in the world. So, do not love the things that keep you away from doing the will of God. Is that fair to say? Do not love the things so much that they keep you away from the will of God in your life. Somebody tell me, is that fair to say? Amen or not? If anyone loves the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Does that, do you understand that? That is cut and dry. Amen? If you've got this cross, if you understand that you've laid everything at the feet of that cross, you've got up, you've gone to the other side, you've gone to the end of the tomb, then this you should understand and should be living by it. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the what? Okay, so there is a true difference between the person of God and the person of the world. Everybody say amen. amen. And the world is passing away along with, I'm passing away, you're passing away, we're all passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God, what? Who abides forever? He who does the will of God. Not the person that thinks about doing the will of God. Not the person that wants to lay everything out in front of the cross and, and act like they're doing something that's so dramatic when most of the time it's just something you're trying to hide and bury. But the person that really lays everything in front of the cross and allows God to cover it with his precious blood and gets up and walks. You want to know what you need to do with this man that won't stay dead? You need to love him. You need to love him because he won't stay dead. And every time your heart starts to go numb to God, every time you start to try to understand where's God in my life, there he is. He will not go away. He will not go away. In my bag here, how much time I got here? In my bag here, I just bought a few things this morning. Some things that, uh, I like this, because it's things I'm not going to need in heaven. Th things that I'm, I'm not going to need in heaven. <sighs> Lenexes. I'm not going, the Kleenex company is going to go out of business in heaven, Bill. I'm not going to have a cold in heaven. I'm not going to have <laughs> sinus problems in heaven. I'm not going to have allergies in heaven. I'm not going to have tears in heaven. This, I don't need to go with me. Amen? Some other things I don't need in heaven. Deodorant. <laughs> because I'm not going to sweat in heaven. Amen? You think I had a little thing? I just put the deodorant people out of business. I don't, I don't need this. Sweat didn't happen until the fall. I don't need, I, bye-bye, I don't need that. I don't need any more hair. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to have, but I'll be fine with it. Right now, I use Rogaine. I get it for free. It doesn't work, but I keep, I keep trying. One day, I'm just going to be satisfied with my bald spot. I'm not going to need that in heaven. Do you, you see all these things? You know what I did? I just went and opened up the medicine cabinet. There all the stuff was. <laughs> don't put it in my coffin, babe. I don't need it. Let me see. 
I don't need false teeth in heaven. I don't, I don't, need, I'm gonna have, I don't need a bill. Let me see here. I don't need cinchin silver in heaven. I got all the vitamin I need from my Lord. Amen? I don't need Pepto-Bismol in heaven. Not going to be there. Do you understand this? Do you know how good this is? I mean, just think this is this kind of everyday life, you know? I don't need it in heaven. It's not going with me. I don't need it. But because of the way I live in this world, because of sin, I have to have this stuff every time something pops up. Amen? When I get an upset stomach, it's usually because I've got some kind of stress going on in my life. I don't have to use it very often, but sometimes I go, where is it at? <laughs> Earl Drake, you can throw your hearing aids away. Not going to need hearing aids in heaven. I'm going to hear the Lord just fine. Amen. No more headaches. No more migraines. No more of that in heaven. You see, no glue to hold things together. Not nothing's going to break. My knees are not going to hurt. John Goble. No more of this in heaven. You're not going to need it. No more tums. Isn't this great? You just clear out your. You just clear out everything. I'm not going to need none of this. Now, who doesn't have this stuff in your, at home? Maybe the young people don't have all this. But us older people, we got it, amen? We got it, man. Fix a dent, you name it. Your glasses, you can just throw them away. They're not going to heaven with you. I'm going to have great eyesight. Let me see what else I got in here. No more caution in heaven. No cautions in heaven. I'm not going to worry about anything. Eh, I think that's probably... Oh, one more thing. It's chocolate, but I'm not looking at the chocolate. I'm looking at the gold. No money in heaven. No treasures from this world in heaven. There was, there was a man that had to go to, he, he died, and he, he had such a thing about gold that he, that he was determined to take gold into heaven with him. And so he goes up to heaven in the gates right there, and He's got this bag just full of gold, and it's heavy, and he's carrying it. You know, St. Peter says, what's in the bag? And he pulls out his gold, and Peter says, that's just road pavement. You brought road pavement to heaven with you? It's funny. The things that we think we have to have, isn't it? I've lost my glasses. I got to have them. That's right. Go ahead, John. Take me over. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross, this message that we're preaching today, this message, even these things here, you know, atheists don't even think about this stuff. You know, they just, because they don't, nothing exists to them. It's just breath. That's the only thing that exists and what's happening now. I mean, that takes more faith to live that way than it takes the way I live my way. Lost people. They have no understanding. They think they have an understanding, but if they truly had an understanding, I'm just saying people that are lost, that, that think something about God or, or Jesus, but they don't have the total understanding. They just got some kind of a glimpse of it. I'm telling you, if you'll get a glimpse, if you'll grab a hold of the Word of God, if you'll open it up, if you start praying, is your eternal life worth that? Isn't it worth that? I mean, why are you here? If it's not worth your time to understand completely the way God has asked us to, to, whether or not this is real or not real. 
For the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. To most of the world, it's foolish. It means nothing to them. They think we're all a bunch of crazies. Praise the Lord, I love to be crazy about Jesus. Amen? I love to be crazy about this risen Savior because, see, I know. Because I spent my time at the cross. And when got, I got up and I went to the other side and I looked in the empty tomb, I knew that was true. And I didn't have any, any man have to beat me to death over it. It was just me and God, amen? He opened up my heart to believe it. I understood the facts. I understood what it read. I understood the eyewitnesses that saw these things. And I had to come to the, the realization that it was true. And if it is true, then heaven and hell is true. Not one part of God's word can be false. If one word in it is false, then it's, none of it's any good. It all has to be true. For the message of the cross is foolish to those who are perishing. But to us, everybody say us, who are being what? Saved. It is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. And the empty tomb is the grace of God. Amen. He's given me a way home. Go ahead, please. And this is the con condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Least he, his deeds should be exposed. You know why people come to church and never come back? That right there. Because the deeds are starting to be exposed in the heart by God. The heart is starting to tighten up. A pain down there that you know something's not right. There's something that, man, I need some more Tums. And you take all the bottle and it doesn't cure you. It just keeps tightening up more and more. And you know what it is. You know what it is. But you refuse to come to the light. And so it's easier to stay away. And the problem with that is death is coming. For everyone practices evil, hates the light, and does not come to the light, least his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light. Amen? He who does the truth. What? What's the truth? The word of God. He who lives by the word of God. He who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen see at the foot of that cross you know what your life is Bertie you know don't you you knew you knew everyone here that has come to the foot of the cross you and God know you can hide it from your wife your husband your kids but you and God know And it is exposed like a nerve in a tooth. It's exposed and the pain is squishing. But when you come to the truth and you let that stuff go right there at the foot of the cross, stand up and you say, I know what I'm doing with this man that won't die. I'm taking him as my Lord. And me and him, we're going to spend eternity together. He's become my Lord, my Father, my King, 
everything. And I promise you, the things of this world will start to slip away. Start to slip away. And the love of God starts to move in and take over your life, overwhelm you with such love and grace that you see the world completely different because you gathered your heart, you looked in the empty tomb, and you saw it for what it was, empty. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. This is my last two verses. Go ahead, please. Matthew 28. But the angel answered, and this is the, the morning, this morning, a couple thousand years ago, this morning. This a lot of you have come to the church today. There was a woman that went to that empty tomb that day because she loved her Lord. She believed. There was a woman, not a man. Yet the angel answered and said to her, to the woman what's the angel always tell us do not be afraid when that pain hits and you're at that foot of the cross and you know you know you know what needs to let go you know the pain and you're just so afraid you're afraid of what your family will think your co-workers whatever whatever you whatever you might think of yourself you're so afraid it says for I know that you seek Jesus see at that foot of the cross we're seeking Jesus amen we're seeking him. But there's someplace else he wants us to go. Who was crucified. How many of you here believe Jesus was crucified? I mean, do you believe it? Okay. If you believe that, now there's only, you've got to come to the other part. You've got to come to this empty tomb. If you believe the history books, which he's well written down more than any man that ever walked on this earth. More, nobody's been written about more than Jesus Christ. Probably not as many, ever been so many movies about a man named Jesus Christ. If you believe those things, why don't you believe this history book? Because it is a history book of the world and the father that created it. Number one bestseller ever since it came out of the printing press. First book to ever be printed. And it's always been the number one bestseller year after year. Not the Koran, not the Buddhist, not the Hindus, the Holy Bible. Still number one. He is not there, or he is not here. See, once you seek him, you go to the empty tomb, and, and there, there's, there's this beautiful voice in your heart. Not a, not a voice that you can hear, but a voice that you know. He's not here, for he is Everybody? Risen. And that makes all the difference in the world. As he said, come. That's one of the most wonderful things that a, that a person that gives their life over to Christ, that's that one beautiful word. Jesus says, come. Come. Come and look in the empty tomb. Because you're going to find an empty tomb. You're going to find an empty tomb. In that movie, Risen... They did their best to go around and find a, a dead body. Although they knew there was no dead body, they just wanted something. They knew, just like a lot of you know, you know. But yet you're choosing to live a life outside of the word of God. He is not here for he is risen. As he said, 
the word of truth? Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And I guess that's what I'm just asking you today. Have you looked into sight the empty tomb? And I know a lot of you can say, well, I've got on my knees at the cross at some time or another. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. I, I thank the Lord for that. But all you've done is got at the foot of the cross, you're only just partway there. There's another side. There's another side to that cross. And it leads to an empty tomb. If you believe, not with your, just your mind, but with your heart, your, which is your soul, that Jesus Christ died on a cross for your sins. A perfect man, perfect God-man, died that his father turned his back because of the love that he had for humanity. Was laid in a tomb, buried. That's done and over. And the problem is, He's not in the tomb. He's not in the tomb. Humanity will continue to deny it. And we know by the word of God, the end, end, end times, it even gets darker and darker and darker. Open your minds, open your hearts. Go to the empty tomb. Find for yourself the truth. There's another video I want to play in just a second. It's kind of hard to watch, but it needs to be played, and then we'll close. Go ahead, John. Brooke, you can come on up.
that took place, there's no doubt about it. Did the resurrection take place? Did it? It did in my heart. It did through the word of God that I believe. I've gathered in the empty tomb many a times in my heart. And I've always come out with more love, more understanding, more grace. If you belong to Jesus Christ, then you know this is true. If you do not belong to Jesus Christ, then the foolishness of this, as you call it, is just what it is. When people tell me they have to sleep in, this goes through my mind and my heart. They know not what they say. Forgive them, my Lord. Stand, please. Words for the week. There you go. Many were crucified, and only one lived again. Question for the day. Do you believe in another life that takes place on the other side of the cross? Do you? If you don't, you can. You can. Start a brand new life today. We do communion here every week because that's what God asked me to do in this church, and that's what we do. And we do it a different way. We ask you to step out of your chairs. And I'll let you know something. When God asked me to do that, I didn't quite understand. Then as I gathered my thoughts and prayed more over it, it was to teach people to come to the altar. Because this is where business with God gets done. Amen? You can have your prayer rooms. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I love it. But an open, an open time to show the world that you mean business with God brings glory to God. And as I open up these tables today, there's one in the back and there's three up here. And up here in the front, you just pinch off a piece of bread and dip it. But as I open up these tables today, if your heart cannot recognize the agony and the pain that God the Father went through when his son was crucified for us, if you're not gathering in that, if that's, if that's not in you, then there's something going on in your heart that's not right. I'm asking you, before you take of the cup and the bread, which is the blood and body, make yourself right with God. And get up and live. Bertie, will you get this for me, please? What's it say? Why do we live? You got it. We live to love. Enjoy the Lord today. Learn to live to love, and you'll have a wonderful, wonderful, magnificent life in the light of Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, Lord, we ask if the hearts would be open, Lord. If there's someone out there, Father, or many, Lord, that have not understood the emptiness of that tomb, what it means to be empty. 
that there is a risen Savior, that he lives, and he magnifies himself within the life of those who truly love him. Lord, would you draw them out today? Lord, would you ask them to come? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. this morning we do it every Sunday here I don't think we've missed a Sunday yet even when we had no power 
Even when the toilets were overflowing and the, everything was, we still do it. We just ignore it. We just keep on loving. If you're un, dealing with a little struggle in your heart, there's cards everywhere. You can call me any time of the day, any time of the night. I'll speak with you. I'll meet with you. I will love you. And I'll show you the best things I can show you about the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's close. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you today. We thank you for this day. We call it Easter, Lord. Lord, there's so much significance throughout time and history about this day. From the Passover, Lord, right on down. Lord, it's a, it's a day that you made. You knew it from the beginning. That it was going to take place. You designed it. Lord, there's a day coming quickly when you're coming back for your church coming back for your bride Lord I ask that the hearts that are here today as they leave Father they would feel the power and the glory and the love of Christ may we enjoy you the rest of our eternity in Jesus name and everyone said Amen. God bless you thank you for coming